0: you ever wondered what it would be like to create a year's worth of sustainable income in your life and your business in just a one to two week period per year it's coming up on this episode of the authentic success podcast do you ever feel like you were made for more and you just don't know what this looks like yet My name is Jordan Ulrich, and I've made it my mission to help people just like you align with your inner genius, lead a fulfilling life on your terms, and facilitate true transformation from the inside out. Authentic Success is here to challenge you, inspire you, and bring you actionable strategies for stepping into the highest version of yourself from some of the world's greatest minds. You were put here with a unique purpose. It's time that we discover it and bring it to life. This is the Authentic Success Podcast. Has stress become a way too normal part of your life? And no matter what you do, you can't seem to stop it sometimes. If there's one thing that worked for me in being able to interrupt these feelings of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm, it was emotional freedom techniques. If you've never tried this before, I would highly encourage you to do so. It will absolutely blow your mind you can grab my free stress release tapping meditation at jordanolrich.com forward slash stress. Okay, beautiful, so thank you everybody so much for coming to another episode of Authentic Success. My guest today, uh, Megan Hale, brings such a, an amazing blend of both energy work, but also practical how-to strategy to help people create what she calls feel-good money, which we're gonna talk about, and facilitate quantum leaps in their life and their business as a former psychotherapist and also a profit first professional she definitely has a clear understanding of both the inner and the outer game game of creating sustainable money to allow you a greater level of fun freedom fulfillment and doing all the things that you want to do so megan thank you so much for being here
1: thank you that was an amazing bio i'm like i'm gonna rewrite my whole bio to be that
0: <laughs> yeah well i'll send it to you after i <laughs> i take a few minutes to memorize them uh what I want to know most, this is actually so intriguing to me, is like how you made, what brought you to psychotherapy, and then what brought you from psychotherapy to exactly what you do now?
1: Mm, yeah, that's a good, good story. Um, I would say I was one of those different kids growing up where I never really felt like I was asking much different questions about the world than a lot of my peers were. <laughs> so I think right. I've always been kind of what I call a seeker. Someone who is really intrigued with understanding like the larger purpose of our lives and why we're here and what we're here to do and all of those things. And not necessarily having the clarity around those things when you're young, because most of us don't. Um, I also had a lot of depression and anxiety around trying to figure myself out. And that was showing up in lots of my relationships and all types of things. And so I remember sitting in my first psych class when I was 15 years old. And it was like a door opened and light just started pouring in. I was like, oh my gosh, there's actually a field out there where people help others live happier, healthier lives, like understands like who they are and really expand into who they're here to be. And that was what I knew that that was what I was destined to do. And I also experienced my first psychotherapist at that time. And I remember going to his office and I was just enamored with the whole process of like, I cannot believe that this is what you get to do for a living. And so I knew from a very young age, that that was my path. And so that's what I did. I went straight through all the schooling. I opened my private practice like pretty soon after getting through supervision. And I noticed that I had reached this pinnacle of a dream and it still didn't quite feel like it was it. Like there was something more I was supposed to be doing. And I also started looking at my clients who were coming in and yes, they were experiencing depression. They were experiencing anxiety. But when we really started to get into the work, it was a lot of times because they were still living by other people's expectations, other people's rules, other people's values, like they were not living from their core sense of self. Yes. And so that's when I started to get curious of like, I wonder if there's other people who aren't coming into my therapy practice who are experiencing the same thing, but they're needing a little bit of a different service or a different help to really live their best life, you know, and that's where I found coaching. And so I eventually made the leap from coaching, um, from psychotherapy and made that shift in 2015 and literally have not looked back since. And I, it opened up a whole other door for me. <laughs> it's just been a, it's been a beautiful, brutal journey all in one because growing a business and putting your heart out there. I mean, it's some of the biggest work we'll ever do.
0: Of course. Do you think that, um, that, I mean, I can relate with what you would call, uh, being a seeker, right. Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that like, because you experience, do you think that people that live with that identity of being a seeker are more, I don't know if susceptible is the right word, but because we feel more, Um, Things like depression or anxiety, you know, are we're maybe a little bit more, you know, uh, easier, more, I guess, susceptible would be the only word I can think of to things like that, because we maybe feel on a deeper level, but also looking at the idea that like, you might not have understood why you were experiencing that at the time, but it probably built a huge level of relatability you know, when you work with your clients, because it's hard to be relatable when somebody comes in and says, I'm depressed. And you're like, well, my life's been perfect. So unfortunately I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, what were, um, when we talk psychotherapy versus coaching, what are some of like the modalities that you carried over from psychotherapy into your coaching practice?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's probably one of my favorite things of how I work now, because one of the challenges moving from psychotherapy to coaching is that how was I going to utilize like all of this training, all of this knowledge, all of this wisdom, all of this theory that I knew was very helpful, but it needed to be applied in a much different way. Right. Um, because the work that you're doing is much different. Um, I think for me, it's been really fun thinking about how does what I know about human behavior and human development How does that show up when we're pursuing our dreams? How does that show up when we're in relationship with money, when we're in relationship with ourselves? And so much of it applies. So specifically, um, I do a lot of like relational theory in my work now. Like how are we relating to ourselves, relating to our business, even relating to money um, even doing like transgenerational work of like, how have things been handed down in your family's system that are impacting the ways that you think about money or what you think yes. is possible or the way that you think things have to be done, right? Um, obviously, cognitive behavioral therapy shows up. I mean, that's very commonly practiced within NLP and like really thinking about how, what we're thinking impacts our, what we do and how we feel and all of those th- things. But I think the other thing that's probably a little bit unique is that there is a very, niche type of psychotherapy that's spiritually oriented psychotherapy. And that type of therapy is really interested in like your soul's expression and who it is that you're here to be. And like all of your spiritual beliefs and your connection with something bigger than you. And that is one thing that I definitely blend in with some of the more energetic components. And like, how do we learn to honor our intuition even here when our intuition is speaking to us, because I really fully believe that the most successful businesses are going to be the ones where you're really honoring that intuitive nudge and that Mm -hmm. intuitive direction. So how do we make space for that? um, in the way that we're, we're leading and running our lives and businesses.
0: And such a beautiful thing that you said too, is that when people were experiencing things like anxiety and depression, we're likely when they're trying to fit somebody else's blueprint. Right. And and I think it was Jim Carrey said something like depression is when, you know, your true self is not satisfied with the avatar that you're trying to be and it's ready for you to be something else. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: and i think that when you know we would look at like anxiety as a negative where we look at depression as a negative and really the label depression could also be reframed as like if if 90% of the thoughts that we think on a day-to-day basis are the same ones we thought yesterday Depression could be reframed as, as a series of thoughts that don't serve you that are perpetuating in the subconscious mind on a day to day basis. Um, yeah. Another thing you said was behavior, right? Behavior when we look at money, because people might say I might have money problems, but really what we have are behavior problems. Where did money start to tie into these things? Because I learned some beautiful things from you about money that I want to talk about, but like, where did, I'm guessing that, that money wasn't always perfect for you because most people that end (laughs) up teaching, right. That end up teaching about money, they do it because they're inclined to help people um, hurdle past the pain that they've experienced in a short period of time, like in a shorter period of time, if it took me five years to figure something out. But if, if I had the aha moment and I could get somebody through it in, in 60 minutes, that, you know, is very fulfilling, but like what was money like before? And then like, what led you to teaching about money? Because I think that your framework about money is is really, really fantastic.
1: Thank you. Well, I will say first, the reason that I teach feel good money now is because for the grand majority of my life, money did not feel that way at all. Uh, money felt very heavy. It felt wrong. It felt shameful. It felt like it was something that I wanted, but I wasn't supposed to want. So I had a lot of cognitive dissonance around it. There's a lot of spiritual messages around what it meant to to want to pursue money, around that being um, selfish or superficial. Um, there's so much to work through, and at the same time, I knew that money was important to our overall well-being. And so, where is the space for us to have financial wellness if it's something that we're not supposed to want, we're not supposed to talk about? It's like all of these negative things, and I think for me. If you would have told me that I was I would be teaching money now like five years ago, I'd be like, no way, like that's <laughs> You're not talking gonna to happen, long you know. <laughs> but in late 2017, I made um I made some structural shifts that really truly have changed my life. When I started my coaching practice, so I made the leap from therapy to coaching in 2015, started my coaching practice then. And for the first two years, really, I mean, it was hard. Like money was not coming into my business. I was really financially struggling and feeling a lot of sense of failure around that because I wasn't contributing to my family in the way that I wanted. And the business was asking so much, like the balance was completely off. And, and I started doing all the money mindset work, right? Because in our space, that's probably one of the most predominant messages. But if you're not making the money that you want to be making, then there's something that needs to shift within your money mindset. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, don't tell a former psychotherapist to do mindset work. Like she will go do it, you know? And so I did. And I worked through all of these stories of enoughness and how money intersected with that. And, you know, that ended up being like, I've done the work at this point. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be more to do. There will always be more work to do. But I felt like I had come to this foundational place of like, I believe in the value that I am offering. I like all of these things that I was supposed to achieve, I had done. And then the money still wasn't coming into my bank account. So in late 2017, I made a really big shift to my business model that allowed me to double my revenue and bring in like a whole year's worth of cash flow in like four weeks. And that was when the light bulbs really came on because I was like, Oh my gosh, it's not just the money mindset piece that allows us to create all new realities. Like there's strategy, there's business structure. There's like so many other layers. And I was like, Everybody else needs to know this. <laughs> so, that year of 2018 was the first year that I had consistent revenue coming into my business every single month. And having that reliable cash flow created a sense of safety for me, for me to really do deeper level healing work between me and money, because that was the thing. When you don't have reliable cash flow, it's easy for you to think that that's the thing that needs to shift. It's nothing internal that needs to shift. Right. Well, when that variable was no longer at play and I did have the reliable cash flow, but some days I still was freaking out or some days I was still super anxious or didn't want to think about money. I had to get curious of like, so what's really going on here? And that's when like so many other things started opening up around like our attachment styles with the money and so many beautiful layers. And that's really how money, money found me. <laughs> money was like, I need you to partner with me and share you know, what we've created together and how we've healed our dynamic because I know other people need to do this work too.
0: Yeah, it's, I just love it. And I also love what you said about, it's not all money mindset work. And I remember when I participated in, in Quantum Leap Week, one of probably the most important things that I learned was that um, you don't need permission. Like you don't need to do all the inner work to just go make the money. Like, yes. right?
1: Um Yes, the healing so doesn't like, have to come first.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. And and the other thing you said too is that is that money mindset work doesn't stop. Like Right. Um I know Dr. Joe Dispenza says that like when you you think that you accumulate the money and your problems end, right? And they don't right. they just change. They just become different. What yeah. were like some of the core beliefs that you had held around money um you know, once the money was coming in but you still felt like theoretically, I should be just like, you know, like Rafiki from Lion King, where he just sits and meditates in his tree all day. And it should be like total peace. And it's not right. Like, what were some of the core beliefs that you then had to work through, like when the money was coming in, but it wasn't still like total inner freedom, right? When theoretically on the outside, you'd look at it and be like, I have every reason to be at peace. Why? uh, You know, like, why am I not?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest lies that I told myself was when I'm making enough money, I will never have to worry about it again. And that's typically a very big motivator for many of us because there is so much of a pattern of worry and overwhelm and stress with money that we think that if we just have more of it or enough of it, then that those patterns will go away underneath that though, is also another lie that, well, once I'm just making enough money, I'll never have to think about money because worrying at some point will be a choice when there's enough Mm. money coming in and all the needs are met. Like the worry is a choice at that point. And I don't want to minimize true financial distress because some financial worry is warranted and it's a natural human response when your financial needs are not being met. Right. And I think that Mm -hmm. sometimes that can be really bypassed in the space. And so I just wanted to speak to that. But the truth is, is that we're always going to have to be making decisions about money. That's part of financial wellness. That's part of you living out your dreams. And so one thing that I realized is that as the money was coming in really consistently every single month, is that a lot of the stress that I had was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with this Like I don't have any money tools, any money skills, right? And so that's another piece of really shifting the way money feels. Is like, yes, we have to do the healing work, the internal relationship dynamic that you have with money and your beliefs associated with it. We also have to have a way to earn money. So we see things working in our business. We can reliably count on ourselves and our businesses to earn what we need to make, But the other piece of all of that is really learning how to interact and manage your money because all three of those things together really create money mastery. And so you can be earning all the money all day long and be feeling, you know, okay about it. But if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing with it, there's not going to be that sense of peace of like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm making my money work for me. I know where I'm wanting it to go and what I'm wanting it to do. And when I can reach these dreams and all of those things, and that clarity is huge. So we have to have the tools as well, like the practical tools of like money management.
0: Do you think that money is attracted to people that know what to do with it? (sighs) Because they like, do you think that people that have a a deep sense of certainty around like, you know, when, uh, if we look at the fact that 68% of lottery winners go broke in three years or less, not only does it not match up with their, you know, uh, their, their self-image, right. But they also freak out because like consciously they should be like, well, I can relax the rest of my life, but there's part of them is like, I don't really know what to do with this. Yeah. Um, do you think that people that have that sense of certainty around, like, say, you know, a certain amount, let's just draw, like, you know, $112,000 comes into their business. And then they're like, I know precisely what to do with this. Do you think people that know what they're doing with money have like a lower level of resistance? Because I do remember, um, <laughs> once I no, I would agree with that for sure. I um, mostly, five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was actually way more anxious after. Cause I was like, what can I buy? What can I not buy? Can I go get a new pair of shoes? Like, am I allowed to do that? I have no idea. Like, and it took very, I mean, it's still a learning process. Right. But at the time I was like, why am I more anxious now that the $5,000 is here than theoretically I should be like, Oh, Thank God. What a blessing.
1: One of the reasons is because we all have like these really strong messages and these show up in our transgenerational story, especially of what it means to be smart with money, good with money, responsible with money, like all of those things. And those are very strong messages for most of us because we've all heard these stories, right? Of people coming into money and then they blow it. And then it's like, well, that was a waste, you know, like you could have, you could have radically changed your, your whole life and you went and had a good time for a minute. And now it's like, you're still in the same situation. So in regards to the attraction piece, for people who have more knowledge and understanding of how to manage money and what they want their money to do and what to actually do with it to ensure that it does that, I think that they feel more confident receiving more money. And I think that they feel more confident asking for more money because they can see the whole picture and how it's all working together. And so for people who have a higher level of mastery, what that's really creating is a higher level of safety and safety Mm -hmm. is, if you want to talk about the number one predictor, (laughs) of like creating wild success for yourself, it's learning to create more safety for yourself. Yes, And every single level is like, creating new levels of safety and it just keeps on building and building and building. And the same
0: is true with money. I think too, like what you said about, um, and this would hopefully, you know, somebody might hear this and get triggered about this, but thinking that like worry is, um, at worry is if, if we are the only species on earth that has this beautiful, like, you know, frontal lobe where we can do conscious thinking and processing at some point, um, you know, worrying does become a choice and a lot of conversations, I, I love talking to people about money and love using different, you know, energy modalities. You touch on NLP or, or EFT and they said, I just want to be in a place where I don't have to worry about money. And I always say, good, well, we're already there. Mm-hmm. They said, no, I'm not. Look at my bank account. I said, no, you said, I want to be in a place where I don't have to worry about money, which says something outside of you is making a choice that you need to feel a certain, you know, emotion of fear. Um, What do you think is something that one thing that somebody could do right now, if they're like, no, but you don't know my story, I really am having a hard time. What is something that somebody could do right now to create, to drop that sense of fear around money? Because when we're in fear and the sympathetic nervous system is on and our brain is going crazy and incoherent and it's trying to survive, um, what is one thing that somebody could do right now to start to even make an incremental shift out of money fear no matter where they are, even if they are like completely broke?
1: So one of the most challenging things that I did for myself was really getting clear on the numbers and how much I really truly needed um, because yes. that's going to inform a whole lot. If you don't know your numbers, then we don't have the whole picture of what's really going on. And a lot of times money stress is because we don't have the whole financial picture, right? Like we're, and we're trying to hold way too many numbers in our head. So it's like, okay, well, this is how much I make, but this is how much is in my account. And this is how much has already gone out and how much will be going out later. It's like, that's a lot for any brain to hold. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think one, having some systems set up can be life-changing for you. So you always know where you're standing financially at any given time. And that's why profit first is so helpful because it's very based on human behavior. You can log into account, see exactly how much you have there. Like it's so clarifying just in and of that sense. But the other thing is, is you have to know like where you currently stand. And so, you know, I take people through a good, better, best calculation, basically, like let's look at how much are your needs? Like how much does it actually cost you to live your life? And then how much is actually coming in? Because when we have that knowledge, now we can make informed choices because nothing is ever going to fix. Like (laughs) if you're, if you only have X amount coming in, but you're living, you know, a thousand dollars over that or $2,000 over that. Yeah. You're always going to be stressed because you're, you're living out of balance with that. Right. The thing that people I think are hesitant about is like, well, if you live within your means, you're like coming into like, it's almost like a feeling of scarcity, because you're Mm -hmm. matching like what's current versus what is ideal. Right. However, if you can match what's current and get that worry and that like very real, like you're creating financial distress when we're living outside, right. Of our means. Mm -hmm. And of course there's a whole other conversation around like pay rates and like, standard living weight. Like there's a lot of other things that go on with this because I don't think that you can budget your way out of like wages that are not fair for living. No, There's just no way. Okay. So I just want to say that, but for people who are living outside of their means, if you can get those things more in balance and manage that stress, here's what's going to happen for your business. Now, all of that energy that was created, like going towards the stress and the worry about money is now freed up. Because you're living within your business or what's here right now. And now you get to reallocate that to creativity and really thinking about what's the next offer in my business? What is the work that I most want to be doing? Because once we have all of that headspace and mental energy cleared up, like that's one of the things our businesses really, really needs from us. Mm. And it's really hard to create from that place of like being stressed out and worried and all because you're focused on what do I need to do right now, right? And for you to take a quantum leap, you can't think about just right now. You have to think about like, where do I want to be a year from now? Like you have to think way bigger in scope. Those are the ideas that you need to be thinking about. And you can't get there if you're like, how do I, how am I going to pay my bills this month? Right. And so it's, that's, that's probably a very practical (laughs) answer to that question, but that's where like the money management piece comes in. Like you really have to know your numbers and a lot of people don't want to know your numbers because then you have to face the truth of what really is going on.
0: Yes. And, and I've been like, you know, denial is not just a river in, in Egypt, right. It's a, it's a state that we get into when we're like, you know, and, and kind of the dissonance between, I think consciously wanting more money, but unconsciously being really, really afraid to look at it Mm -hmm. right now creates this huge repelling force around it. Um, and even when, um, you know, using a modality like EFT or something where somebody wants to talk about money. And so open your banking app right now and say, well, that can't do that. You know, I get paid though in three days and then I'll open it. It's like, if you can't look at what is, uh, you know, if, if money were like a person and they came over to your house and you're like, come in, don't look at me and I won't look at you. Don't, <laughs> right. don't leave. Right. Because I, right. I, I'd feel very anxious if you left. It's like that person would, would not want to spend another minute in your house. Um,
1: Well, that's honestly like one of the things that changed the most for me because in 2018, when I had all that cash coming in consistently, it wasn't even like a whole bunch of money. I was like, I took one offer, I made 60K. So I had 5K coming in a month for that whole year. And then I was able to increase revenue at that point by stacking on other offers and all of these things. Mm -hmm. But the thing about that was I would sit down every single day and I would look at my money and I would meet with my money. And some days like there would be things that made me happy. Some days there would be things that made me sad, but the point of that whole piece was it really started to build more tolerance of sitting with the discomfort and also starting to desensitize myself to money. Right. Yes. Because I think even that in and of itself, like you're going to learn how to decrease all the stories that are like, that show up when you're like, I don't want to look at the money. What is this? What is this? Like, just sit down and face the fear <laughs> that in and of itself yeah. is going to build some muscles for you that are going to serve you in so many ways.
0: Of course. And we want things. And then we also want them inside of our comfort zone too. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, you can have one or you can have the other. Um, but I've, uh, it's like, imagine, you know, you meet Elon or, or somebody who's amassed, you know, insane levels of wealth that most of us could not perceive. And you ask them um, you know you ask them about their money and they're just like I don't know I mean the last quarter felt okay and it's they I don't really know kind of what's going on it's like they're so incredibly precise and very very dialed and I think that money is receptive to um, you know to attention being given to it even if you're looking at small amounts right but getting past the idea of cringing when you open your bank account is is a very very powerful step you talked about a quantum leap and even more um, specifically about the framework and one thing that I loved so much about what you teach is the framework of creating sustainable money that supports not just your business but also your life yeah in one launch like what does yeah. that look like because that makes an unbelievable amount of sense. To me now, if you could, you know, focus your energy for whatever period it is out of a year, whether it's sixty days or ninety days, of having one launch that has a really tight framework, where you know, okay, if it takes, you know, hundred and twelve thousand dollars for me to live personally, and then takes this much for my business to survive a year, what is the framework of like creating that amount where that one offer sustains? your life for the next 12 months, because I think that this is something that is so incredibly, um, beautiful would be the only word I could think of.
1: (laughs) And it is, I mean, especially living it too. It's, I mean, it it really does change your life. It opens up so many other doors for your business and your body. So many things, you know, I think when I made this shift, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. Because I had these very unique obstacles in my life that I was trying to work around. Like I was getting ready to have a second baby. I had a one and a half year old at the time. My husband was getting ready to deploy for six months, three weeks after we had him. I was, I had started to see a little bit of momentum grow in my business that year. Cause I'd sold out my first retreat. I sold out my second retreat. I sold out an eight week group program which was great. Right. But with the structure of a retreat and our structure of a two month program, like that money comes in and it goes out right away. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no consistent residual money. And I knew going into 2018, like I was going to have the least amount of energy that I'd ever had in my life, the least amount of time. Right. And I didn't want to slow things down in my business. Because things were finally starting to build. And I think for any entrepreneur, like when you feel that momentum building, like even though the cash isn't there yet, right? Like you can feel it. Like people are starting to pay attention to your work. They're starting to get results with your work. And like, oh my gosh, like, yes, this is what I've been working for. And so I was thinking like, what's realistic? And like, what is it that I really need to create this next year? And I wasn't really trying to go for these huge, massive dreams. I just, I had to get like really honest with myself of like, How much do I need to be bringing in to have a maternity leave and to feel supported? And, you know, all of those like very foundational questions, but that's what led me to calculating my good, better, best goals for the first time. And really looking at like, okay, like this is how much money I need. Right. But then the other variable was like, how am I going to earn this money in the most easeful way possible? Cause I'm not going to do 5 million launches next year. Like I won't have Mm -hmm. that in me. (laughs) So I had, it was like four weeks before I was getting ready to have my second baby. And that's when I came up with my quantum leap offer. And it was one offer that could cover all of those needs that I needed for me to have that sense of peace and calm and relief to go into maternity leave. And I sold it out like literally three days before I had my baby. And it was like, what have I been doing for the past two years? Like this was way easier. And the thing that I realized though is like a QLO, it's not only going to create sustainable cash flow for you because all your financial needs are going to be. And I want you to really just feel into that for a second. All your financial needs are met for a full year.
0: So beautiful. Like it's right.
1: Like I could literally space. feel just
0: like a full sense of relief <laughs> come over my whole body.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like the space and the relief that that opens up for you. Right. But the thing that it does for your business is it now gives you a 12 month. Like road to think about, okay, so this I have this cash for the next twelve months. What needs to happen in my business over these next twelve months? What do I need to build that's going to keep this momentum going. And that's yes. what's going to free you up to create the other parts of your offer flow, where you're having sustainable sales in your business, you're like that's supporting the sustainable cash flow. It's like everything starts to move from there but a QLO is it's transformational for what it now makes possible for you and how you feel while you're executing on all of those things. Yes. Because your needs are met. You don't have to worry about that piece and you can focus on those higher level activities for your business. Do
0: you find too like once you have I mean being able to define your your quantum leap offer as the offer you make that creates that 12 months of cash flow once You can wake up like say the day after you close cart and you're like, whoa, okay, this is a real thing. Do you find a space that opens up to do even better work to a degree that probably ends up, you know, once we're out of survival and into creative thinking, you probably start to have ideas flow that are like going to create substantially more money because you're no longer looking just at the first of the month. Yeah. Right. As, as the big, you know, scary thing that's, that's waiting for you. And we're trying to, you know, drag our bodies through time and space to survive another uh, another month so that we can do the same yes. thing again the next month. Um, what is that feeling? Like when you wake up and you're like, Whoa, like it's taken care of like my next, my next, and two, not just, not just taken care of to the point where you're like, okay, I can have rice and beans for the next year. It's like, no, like it's taken care of where I can continue to live my life and have fun right? And no, and buy clothes, right? And like, movie. (laughs) it's not just like, okay, I have enough to barely survive. But if any surprises come up, I'm, you know, I'm like completely screwed. No, it's like, I have enough that I can live, you know, a a life that is fun and comfortable and enjoyable for me. It's not just like, I have enough to barely scrape by. So when people calculate their, you know, their, their good, better, best goals, when they look at like, how much do I need? I think it's important too, and the exercise that I did with you is like don't just calculate like enough to have, you know, like just it doesn't enough. mean you have to. Yeah, don't don't like calculate what does it mean to have maybe contingency as well as you know fun yeah. experiences. Because we we prioritize like, like spacious
1: money, right? Like we're not our our goal with a constant lead. <laughs> so we don't want to leap into just enough. <laughs> we want to leap yeah. into we have spacious money. And what does that feel like? We have stable, spacious money. Like that's, yes. and so we build all of those things in into you know, our calculators and all of those things. And I think it's important to note, like when you're looking at your first quantum leap, you're not striving for your bougiest life. Like that's not what we're no. going for. That comes with your better investments, And that's like, when you get one quantum leap, like then you just keep taking them, right? Because now you mm-hmm. understand how to do it and the business structure that's going to allow you to keep on doing it. And so your good goal, the the first time you calculate your good goal, it might be, you know, 80 grand or 115 grand or whatever that is. You fast forward a couple of years. Now your lifestyle's elevated a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so now your good goal might be 300K. So how am I going to make that with one key offer? And it just keeps on building and building and building. But what it feels like when you wake up and you know that all of that money is secured and like. You might have some people drop off of an offer over a 12 month period. It depends on how long your offer is. You know, there's a lot of different variables. Sure. You don't have to create a 12 month offer. That's just what made sense for my body of work and the results I was trying to help people achieve. But when you have that cash flow secured, the thing that I think it really helps create for you is a sense of abundance because mm, you have definitely. money coming in on repeat and more than enough money. It's not like you're not living your bougiest life, but it's More than enough money, you have wiggle room, you can breathe every single month. And that's what I think so many of us think abundance is like just overflow, 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 overflow. There's always going to be a way for there to be even more overflow.
0: Of course. And so if you're only defining,
1: (laughs) yes, like if you're defining abundance in that way, you'll never be experiencing it. But if you define abundance as like, plenty and spacious and stable and sustainable. And like, I can breathe and rest and relax, man, that you just created a whole year of abundance for yourself.
0: That's Uh, pretty Oh, Of course. And abundance too. When, you know, abundance, such an, um, there's such an emotional state side to abundance too, because there's how many people do you know that seemingly have overflow, but in their mind, they don't have the level of overflow yet because I have one Ferrari, but I want a Ferrari and a Lambo. Right. So it's like, um, I think that, yeah, you do get to live in a state of overflow being that all my needs are met and more. Right. Um, I have two more questions for you. One of them is, is how do you define feel good money? And what is not feel good money? Because one of the things you talk about is that not all money that's created is feel good money. Um, but what is it? And what is it not?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I I teach that there's five core pillars of feel good money. Um, The first is that it's sustainable, meaning like the way that you're earning money is really respectful of your time and your energy. I think that we all know what it means to earn feel bad money, where we're literally just working all of the time and we're not being compensated in any sense of balanced ROI for the work we're putting out to the money that we're receiving in. And so really thinking about sustainability in that sense is really important. the other pillar is that it's easeful, meaning that we're not efforting our way there. We're building systems. We It's very simple and clear in how we're trying to get our business to do what we want it to do. I think oftentimes when I'm working with people, we have very complicated business structures and business plans and there's 9 million offers and they all need their own marketing support systems and all these things. And so <laughs> this poor entrepreneur is like their brain's going in 9 million directions because they have they have offers that are going in 9 million directions. And so really thinking about how can we create you know like simple business structure because that's going to allow you to feel the most potent as the CEO mm-hmm. of your company because your energy isn't being split in all of these different ways yes places. so easeful money um, versus complicated money that would be another one we also want to create reliable money so meaning that money is always on its way and we do that by thinking about pricing models and payment plans and all like how is our cash going to flow into us? And how is it going to flow out? So really setting yourself up to have reliable cash flow meaning means that you're going to set up your money to receive it so it's coming in month after month after month. And so that's also going to depend on not just your payment plans for a current offer, but also thinking about your overall like sales flow. So as one offer is ending, like when's the next one starting, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So we want our offers to stack so there's always money coming in, always, always, always throughout. Um, the other one is that we want spacious money, meaning that it's more than enough money, not just mm-hmm. just enough money. So we're not just scraping by. And we do that by building in like extra money <laughs> when we're doing our calculators, right? Like what would enough money be like for you to feel like you can breathe and not have to check your account incessantly to make sure there's enough money in there. Right. Um, and it's not a very scientific way of doing, it. I don't believe in like budgeting down to the dime and to the penny. Cause that yeah. doesn't feel spacious to me at all. It's like no. weighing every little piece of, of granola on the scale. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the last pillar is that money is meaningful. And this is probably mm-hmm. the one that means the most to me because it's really thinking about what you want your money to do. What you, what kind of personal dreams you want that money to fund for you and your family um, how you want your money to have a bigger impact in the world. So what is your money actually doing beyond you and your four walls of your home? And also knowing what your ankle, anchored revenue goals are for you, because that is a meaningful number because you know what that money provides you. And oftentimes, I mean, until I created GBB goals, I was just pulling a number from the sky because somebody else told me that's how much I needed, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you need a six figure business. Okay. I'll, I'll just go do that. And then when I really <laughs> sat down and looked at my numbers, my good goal was not even six figures. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I've actually been pursuing some, like a number that I didn't even need. And then also feeling like a failure because I wasn't even reaching this number (laughs) that I didn't even need, you know? Right. And so it's just wild to see like all these pillars come together, but, you know, feel bad money is just the opposite of that. Like you don't have any meaning associated with your money. You don't know what the larger impact that you want it to have. Um, most of us have never had these conversations. Most of us get into business because we're passionate about what it is that we do. And we know that we have gifts to share, but we don't know anything about running a business, you know? And like, what a sustainable business model even looks like? Like, I didn't know that when I started, like I've had to figure all of this out, you know? So if you're in a situation where you're experiencing feel bad money, um, that's, I would say probably pretty normal for most of us because we don't grow up with a lot of financial education. This has been a very taboo topic. Um, Money is notorious for having high conflict in households, like people fight over it, disagree about it. I mean, all kinds of things, right? So feel good money is kind of like a novel idea in a way, (laughs) like what we could actually like, this can feel good. And I want to be a voice that absolutely it can because if I've been able to change this, I know other people can change it too.
0: Yes, absolutely. This is so much fun because it's so true too, that like to have a level of freedom, you actually don't need $10 million a year. You might need, you know, like you said, you you might need $80,000, right. It doesn't need to be like, and, and feeling that level of shame of being like, oh, well, you know, uh, Gary Vee made this much and, and I only made this much. So therefore I'm not good enough. And it's like, it's, you know, it has a different definition. Freedom has such a different, different definition for everybody. Cause there are people out there with, you know, the only thing they've went for is the, the, the mountain with no peak financially, and they've sacrificed everything for it. And it's not completely unfulfilled. They're on their third marriage. Their kids don't remember their name, like all these different things. Right. So I just love the framework that you teach so much. Um, I have one more question for you because really my mission is helping people, you know, freedom, uh, just like it could be defined so many different ways. Same with success. And I think that um, the reason I called this show authentic success is because for one person, it could be, Going back to school and being a school teacher, but for another person it could be amassing a hundred million in the next two years. And there's nothing wrong with any of them. It's just getting clear on what does success mean to you because we spend years climbing ladders that aren't even the ones that we're supposed to be going up. Mm-hmm. Um, what What does success mean to you? What does it look like to you?
1: I've been thinking about this so much this year, especially because I just feel like I'm entering into this new, like business chapter, but also life season that so many more things feel possible for me success is experiences it's adventure and it's moments of connection and so everything that i'm building everything that i envision for myself moving forward is how do i have more of those things and how do i help other people have more of those things because i think experiences are like the moments that make up our lives you know (laughs) so like what types of experiences do we want to be having And thinking about who do we want to be having those experiences with? Because I think that's like truly the sign of a rich life is having people around you that you're sharing things with, you know, I just think that's like the best version of success I could ever imagine. And like doing that in really amazing places where you're getting to see like this world is so incredibly beautiful and just being able to just marvel and protect Mother Nature in the ways that we get to continue to experience her, like I just I I want more of that, <laughs> more yes. of that this year and forever.
0: This is so much fun, Megan. Thank you so much. Like honestly, I really do. Um, and I had told you before we started this that like I went through a free uh, training of yours just on a referral, and it was better than most paid trainings that I've done before. So, and <laughs> I can tell, you. it's easy to tell when people show up to serve and it's easy to tell when people show up, you know, to make a sale. And, yeah. um, and ironically, I think the people that show up to serve have an easier time making a sale. Uh, when is your next anything and where can people find you?
1: Yes. So my Quantum Leap offer is currently Flow. It's a 12 month program that's really here to help people build out their whole sustainable business model. So you have an offer flow that's working for you to create sustainable sales and we're building in money mastery. So you feel good about your cash flow and everything's grounded around really honoring your energy flow. Cause that's like step one. So if you were interested in that program, I would love to help you learn more about that. Um, But other things that are coming up, I am going to be launching a podcast this year My third podcast since I started podcasting. So I'm really excited to get that on the airways. We have not set a launch date, but I'm sure it will be sometime in the spring of 2022. And I'm also leading a live two day conference in Austin. It's called Feel Good Money Live. That's going to be April 26th and 27th. And we're going to be talking about the first pillar of Feel Good Money, which is all around sustainability. So we have a couple of speakers already lined up. One is going to be talking about um, sustainable advocacy. So how do we continue to show up for the causes that we care about in a way that is not burning ourselves out? We also have a flow researcher who's coming to speak on how do we step into flow state for sustainable creativity. And we also have, um, a systems expert who's going to be talking about creating systems for neurodiverse brains. So you can feel more supported in your business by just having those systems up and running and really supporting the way that your brain works. Because I think, um, creating an accessible learning experience for my people is really important. And the more I have explored my own frameworks and teaching them to people, I think I am also neurodiverse as well. So I think I have some ADHD going on that's helped me really streamline, like, how, how do I create a business that works for my brain? Um, so having that piece baked in is going to be key. And then we'll have more speakers on being announced soon. So if you're interested in that, I would love for you to maybe think about joining me in Austin.
0: Oh, I love this so much. Thank you so much, Megan. I hope that, that, um, whoever's listening to this, I'm sure got amazing value from this because yeah, I mean, your framework is just so wonderful. And I hope that we can have this conversation again in the future.
1: Yes. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. If you've made it this far, it means you are not a dabbler and that you are someone who's truly committed to making a lasting change. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating, comment, or review as it helps me bring this message to more people that need it. If you want to go a step further, this is an invitation to grab a free copy of my book, Authentic Success, at jordanulrich.com forward slash success. Keep your energy up, keep moving forward even when it's scary, and I'll see you on the next episode.